Oh, wow. Snook said when they take the high road, so when they go low, we go high. Cole, what was that saying you said when they go low? When they go low, we go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Before they get in your business, be in charge of your business. Own it because it's your business, your business, business. Handle all of your business, value all of your business. You say you're minding your business, my business. What's up, what's up, good people? Welcome into Montgomery & Company. I'm Renee Montgomery, and this week, we discuss trending topics, what's hot, what's not. Michael B. Jordan's viral clip from the premiere here in the A. Of course it happened in the A. And are you allowed to complain if you make a certain amount of money? Something to think on. We're going to discuss that later with the crew. We also have a teaser from the conversation with my guy, Big Play, Darius Slay. And it's fun to catch up with athletes because you can tell that we all speak a common language, even if we don't play the same sport. We get into that sports, Super Bowl, and also he was there when I met Serena. Lord have mercy. Started with a DM, now we're here. Let's go! So last week, I had an eventful week. I almost always have an eventful week, so I'm going to start talking to y'all about it from time to time. So last week, I was in New York for half of the week, as you guys might have seen on the last podcast video, and I can confirm that Pink is still a legit rock star. There was paparazzi everywhere. Then last Thursday, I flew home to Atlanta, and Serena and I attended the Creed 3 premiere at Atlantic Station. I got to see... A-list celebs up close and personal. I got to see Michael B. Jordan. He was on the red carpet and he's been promoting this film a lot. We already know it's going to go number one. He's acting in it, directing it. It's his first time directing it, but I start to see that you get out what you put in. And that's for athletes. We know this. We know that how much ever work you put in in the gym is going to show in the game, but we don't normally equate it to entertainers, rappers, artists, but Michael B. Jordan right now, he is putting in that work. So I can't wait till the box office numbers come back to show and prove that it was worth it because I think it is. It was a great movie. I was sitting in front of the Brat. The mayor was at one row ahead of me. I believe Big Ticket was two rows ahead of me. The whole lead cast of Creed was there. They talked to us right quick. But a clip of Michael B. Jordan from the red carpet went viral, and we're going to discuss later with the crew. Now, back to my week. On Friday, we went to the Hawks game because it was community game night. Shouts to State Farm and Jake and all of those folks over there. But the Hawks have some momentum now. And I'm going to talk more in my sports section about what's going on with the Hawks, the state of the coaching situation, all of that jazz. Now, on Monday, I was back to the metaverse, y'all. Me and Richard Jefferson pulled up to Web 3 to call the Celtics vs. Knicks game on an alternate-style broadcast, which is basically a more conversational-style broadcast that you guys have been seeing. Think Manning Cast, Pat McAfee Show, all of those guys. They're more alternate broadcast style. And it's still a little bit wild to me also that people watch NBA games in the metaverse. That's what's up. Shouts to the people that holla at us over there. And I'm not done with my eventful week, though. This past Tuesday, I flew back to New York 
Shouts to my WME fam linked up with them, man. Every week is a little bit like that. And it's been a pretty eventful week on the sports side as well, and I'm about to get into it. Now, I said we was going to talk about it. Back to the Hawks. Atlanta has a new head coach in Quinn Snyder, and there it started to have a lot of questions that was asked about the Atlanta Hawks squad as a whole. Charles Barkley made the statement on first take that he said, the shot clock is on Trey Young now. We gave you $200 plus million dollars. We fired two coaches. The shot clock is on you. Now, we know that Quinn Snyder has already talked to the whole squad and Landry Fields made the statement from our first conversation. It was clear that Quinn had all the characteristics we were looking for in our next head coach. He has both an incredible basketball and emotional IQ, and we share the same core values and basketball philosophies of having honest communication and collaboration with players, tremendous attention to detail, and placing a great emphasis on player development. Now, Landry Fields is the GM for the Atlanta Hawks, so he's said all the right things, and Quinn Snyder has said all the right things. He said, and quote, I'm thrilled to go back to Atlanta as the next head coach of the Hawks. Landry has a tremendous reputation as incredibly bright, high character, high quality individual. And it was quickly evident that we share the same passion and commitment. And he goes on to talk more and more about it. It's good vibes right now coming in with a new head coach in Quinn Snyder. We know his history. He made the playoffs six out of the last eight years that when he was coaching. So we know that he has the resume. We actually even know that we have talent on the Atlanta Hawks squad. I think that you can't deny Trey Young, DeJounte, all of them, Clint Capella, John Collins. We even see the Young Bucks is showing up and showing out. So the question for the Hawks starts to become, well, what is the problem? Why do we stay in this middle space? Because at a certain point in the season, we were literally mid-everything. The same amount of wins, the same amount of losses, the same amount of points given up, the same amount of points scored. In every statistical category, we were literally in the middle. And so the question becomes, how do we get over that hump? Why haven't we gotten over that hump? And a lot of people have started to ask the questions about Trey, a la Charles Barkley saying Trey is now on the shot clock. So for me, I think that there's only 20-something games left in this last part of the season. So you're going to see either what happened with the Hawks a couple years ago where they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, went on an incredible run when Coach Nate McMillan had just been hired, made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then there was this promise and this hope of, okay, that's where you're going to start out the next year and take a step from there and move on, but we just haven't seen that. I don't know if we'll be able to tell in these first 20 games. As we've seen with different teams, it's not going to work out right away. You see Dallas Mavs trying to figure it out with Kyrie and Luka. You're going to see the Phoenix Suns try to figure it out, adding KD into the bunch. You see all kinds of movement with the trade deadline. So it's not going to instantly work right away. But the question is going to start to become here with the Atlanta Hawks is, when is it going to work? And are the players that are here, are they the ones to make it work? Because right now, the third coach in I don't know how many years, not a lot of years, it's going to start getting looked inward. And I've been on teams like that where as a player, you know that once somebody loses their job, once it's like somebody actually gets fired, everyone starts to look at themselves and be like, well, I don't want to be the weakest link or I don't want to be the next one or I don't want to be this and that. So you can assume that that's going on with the Hawks right now. I don't know if these next 20 games are going to determine that or not. This seems like things that are going to have to get figured out after the offseason or different things of that nature. But questions are going to keep arising if we continue to stay mid with 
a little bit above mid-talent because I'm not going to say that we have one of those super teams or one of the teams that have, you know, three huge all-stars in the league's perspective. We didn't have an all-star this year at all. So I don't necessarily know if we're putting too much pressure on the Hawks as well, knowing that we had no all-stars in the all-star game this year, yet there's a lot of concerns going on. So... That's a lot to say that we will have to wait and see, but now we know that going through two coaches, Coach Lloyd Pierce, Coach Nate McMillan, and now we're on to Quinn Snyder, the questions are start, going to start being for the players. Let's get into it, family. We got a lot to discuss. We're going to be discussing trending topics from last weekend. We had a few awards shows, the NAACP and the SAG Awards. So first off, what were your favorite moments, favorite looks? Because for me, I loved Angela Bassett did the thing. Okay, so if you guys don't know what <laughs> that's from, chick. I'm telling you right now, Ariana DeBose did a rap skit at the BAFTA Awards in London that sent the internet into a frenzy. It went so viral in a not good way that she even deactivated her Twitter account. Now, fast forward to the NAACP Awards and Angela Bassett wins Entertainer of the Year, walks on the stage, holds up her trophy and said, well, I guess Angela Bassett did the thing. I'm telling you, (laughs) that was my favorite moment. I love that she made light of it. She even said she checked on Ariana DeBose to make sure she's okay after she deactivated her account. But you just love to see it because we always got the jokes and that was just one of them. But what was y'all's favorite moments, favorite looks? First of all, I love Queen Latifah as the host. Yes. With the most deaths because, uh, (laughs) you know, it's always good for us to have representation, but for us to have our gender representation, that says a whole lot. And she really got me when she stepped out there in that black and white because, you know, that's my favorite color combination. (laughs) She did look beautiful. And she showed her versatility by singing that show tune, you know, right off the bat. So I love that. And I also liked, you know, I love Angela Bassett and I'm so happy that she received over-the-top awards because she's overdue for them. And you know, one of my favorite shows is 911. so I wasn't mad at it. Oh, yeah, she does love that (laughs) show. Angela Bassett is such a real one. (laughs) Facts. And Snoopy scheduling with her friends to watch 911 together. I don't know why that blows my mind. I was like, like, how to get away with murder? I saw people did that too, watch parties, but 911 apparently the folks is out here waiting on them new episodes. (laughs) My favorite of the week was Zendaya. I couldn't believe, well, I was when they said Zendaya at first, I literally told Renee, I said, I want to see if Zendaya is actually going to be there. Better not be no video. But because I, I don't want it to get my hopes up like this because I love Zendaya, by the way. And when I saw that she was actually there, I got so happy, not only because I love her, but she hasn't been on no other red carpet. She missed out on the Golden Globes. I think there was another one that she missed. I think it was the Emmys or something. But um, she hasn't been on the red, on the red carpet in, in, a, in a little while. And so when she made I think she made a statement by coming out correct, by the way, her dress was amazing it was gorgeous yeah. with the end of the she's clean. Fashion, yes, it was. she's amazing i just love her and i love that she decided to go back to the red carpet at the NAACP awards and of course at the sag awards she killed it as well I, I love her she's my favorite of the week love it i thought best looks was zendaya i just like that her dress was so different i also want to say the other person who i thought i loved their outfit was angela bass i thought she looked so classy she looked so fresh her face her hair so those are my two 
popping moments, I thought. I loved what they had on. I would wear it. So yeah. I like stuff that I would That's wear. True. I would wear that. <laughs> we could rock that outfit Angela had on. Angela Bassett oh, yes. did the oh, thing. Yes. <laughs> Viola Davis, my yes, woman king. Did the thing. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love how many channels were showing it, too. Like when I was going through the listings, I was like, let me see what channel it comes on. It was on CBS. It was on BT. It was on CMT. It was on all the channels. I was like, wow, I love how it's basically you could not have missed it because it was on almost every other channel. I loved everything that was happening because for the past two years, they haven't actually had a live studio audience. I think they've been doing it virtually. So it was nice to see them going back to the whole production again. exposure. Yeah. Really, especially when we're being axed, everything's being cut. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so no, not the them. More, They're gonna be like, you know, "No, we we're not going nowhere." These award shows, this one specifically, is historical. We can't get rid of the end of definitely. ACP and awards. then also shouts BG and her wife Sherelle Griner came out there, and yes. everybody gave them a standing ovation. So just all around good vibes at the NAACP Image Awards. Moving on, Michael B. Jordan. MBJ has been everywhere. Creed 3 comes out tomorrow and there's a viral video with MBJ and one of the hosts from The Morning Hustle. And basically the backstory is both of them went to school together. And at the time they went to school, she basically had called him corny. Maybe there was a little bully in there. And MBJ now is the star, the director of Creed 3 and she's interviewing him on the red carpet. We got Michael B. Jordan, the director and the star of Creed 3. And, you know, we know each other. We go way back all the way to Chad Science in Newark, okay? What a corny kid, right? <laughs> no, I did not say that. Misquoted for sure. No, you did not hear me say corny. I said we used to make fun of the name, but you're not corny anymore. <laughs> My question is, if you guys were MBJ, what would y'all do in this situation? She was simple. She was simple. She should <laughs> she should alone. have never correlated her with him in high school. She should have just done her interview. She was trying to get some clout. She should have just left it alone because he handled that perfectly. <laughs> yes, he, he, did. It, he let it be known. And it wasn't a little bullying. You could tell he, he was still salty. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm oh. the corny one, huh? Oh, yeah. I, like, oh, I yeah. love how he did Ooh. that. It was big salt. He was big salty. So that was bullying. That was definitely bullying. <laughs> definitely it was bullying. I think he still was the bigger person in that. You always have to try to be the bigger person. Like, look where he is now. Look where she is. So there's no need to go any So you say you wouldn't that. have rubbed it in, Snookabooker? Uh, just the tip, but then I would have went on and tried to lift her up by doing so. I would have lifted myself. Oh, wow. Up, so. Snook said when they take the high road, so when they go low, we go high. Cole, what was that saying you said when they go low? <laughs> when they go low, we go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's a little side note to that night. Serena and I pulled up to the premiere. It was crazy. I mean, Head Crack was hosting it. The mayor, I feel like I'm at, me and the mayor see each other weekly at this point now with us being at the same event. So it's kind of dope to see that. But the city of Atlanta pulled up. There were actors, actresses, entertainers, rappers. Everybody was in the building. And so we all walked the red carpet. And I also had a question asked to me from that same lady that was the host of the Morning Hustle. Crazy And it was, it was, I mean, so here's the thing. I get it, you know, like, People are going to be themselves in the interview. (laughs) She basically asked me, well, this is a family podcast, so how do I even say this out loud? But she basically said... (laughs) What? What did she say? 
she said, whose butt do we have to eat to get better wages <laughs> or something of that nature? Yeah, the wild, wild. I didn't exactly. even know what to say. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh. Renee handled it in just the most graceful way. She was like, she just spoke about her experience basically just being a, a team owner and stuff. She just didn't even acknowledge that question. <laughs> oh, I can see she's ready for politics. Oh him, she. gosh. <laughs> she didn't answer no, the question. No, I just, I was like, I didn't Who know what to say. up to somebody? <laughs> That you are not familiar with and ask a question like that. I just, I don't know what's happening in this world where you walk up to people in a professional setting. Now, this is, I mean, even though this is yeah. a movie premiere. Right. I mean, I get it. It's entertainment. That's not even entertaining. Why right. would you even want that to be a part of your questions that you put out anywhere that you talk about eating people's butt? I don't understand what's going on here. I mean, oh, I, I'm sure so you're putting funny. this nice. You're putting this nicely, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I don't understand why. See, you have a good one. I'd be like, Are you okay? <laughs> like, do you want to re-ask that question in a better context than what you just asked it? Because I surely would have. I'm not answering that question. You got to do something else. I, it was it was so wild. It was like we couldn't do anything but just laugh, just because it, it was it, everything was I really know Renee fast laugh because Renee Renee yes, we, she we, tries we, to yeah, deflect. It was, <laughs> when I get nervous, I laugh too. By the way, yes. people might not know this, but when yes. I get nervous yes. or get in uncomfortable situations, she gets. I, I mean, we she both laughing. laugh. We both laugh just because everything was just very fast paced and it was moving yeah. really fast. So we didn't want to, I guess, take too long on one thing and, and, and not make it awkward. So it did not surprise me when I saw the clip. I was like. That's that same girl that asked you that question. I mean, I get it. The morning hustle is supposed to be funny and yeah. and just kind of spicy or whatever. But it that's was not even spicy. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That's, that's crossing the even, line. That's crossing the line. That's yeah. spicy. It's crossing the line. Even just by bringing it up with him, right? How are you supposed to answer that? What <laughs> answer would exactly. have sufficed for that question? I just and, don't understand. Did you, see, did you see the clip? I don't know if you guys finished the whole clip, but when Jonathan Majors came, she asked them like, "Who's a sex?" Sexier, who's a sexier man? He was like, what kind of question is that? Yeah. So it seemed like she was getting flagged from different people on the questions that she was asking. Who and put her, I, I wasn't who gave her that microphone? But you know what? Was but she the see, best choice out of everybody? Let me tell you, Cole, probably. Because I mean, she made the headlines talk, for I was reason. just about to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. she did. She made She them. made headlines with MBJ. We're sitting here talking about it because the question I had, Jonathan Majors, if he had to talk about it, he would probably say, oh, yeah, it's the same chick that asked me who's cuter between Michael B and me and so if you think about it did she actually do exactly what she was there to do right maybe <laughs> i'm just saying we're talking wendy about williams it. did retire so someone's gotta walk up in their spot i don't know maybe that's that reminds me of a wendy williams type situation those are like wendy williams type questions where wendy would ask questions you'd be like how is somebody supposed to answer that <laughs> like you know I, it, it does it has that same feel so maybe she is maybe she looking to move up so, so maybe listen that's what she might have shouts to the morning hustle uh because honestly too the whole morning hustle crew has came to the atlanta dream games before so they're friends of the, the team oh well i take back everything i said welcome guys <laughs> welcome 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 but listen, it's no shade honestly it's just the fact that we're just talking about what happened happened at the premiere. I mean, this is Atlanta. We talk about all the things that happen in Atlanta. We're based here. Me and Serena were at the premiere, so we were live and we're just hitting on it. But shouts to the morning. And you know what? To her defense, just real quick, a video resurfaced of like, I think it was like a year or two ago when she was talking about Michael B. Jordan. She was talking to somebody else and the 
other person actually was saying that they think that he was corny and whatever. But she actually said, like, we didn't think that, I don't know verbatim what she said, but she said something along the lines of, we didn't used to call him corny. It was more so we used to make fun of him because his name was Michael Jordan. And that was just a thing, you know, like, oh, you know, his name is Michael Jordan. That's a famous name. So people would kind of make fun of him for that. Well, I don't know why I make fun of for anything, <laughs> but that was the thing that she claimed that she made fun of him for. But, but yeah, it, I mean, it, 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 the video, Sus. the video went viral. I mean, I think that Michael B. Jordan had the best revenge. If I was to face a bully and I was at his level of success, I would have done the same exact thing. Like, oh, yeah, the the ugly girl, huh? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 this, that, the corny girl or whatever, you know, but I think that he he handled that so perfectly. I loved it. I love the way he handled it. It was perfect. Perfect. She was reasonably uncomfortable and it was wonderful. Don't go anywhere. We're going to continue this trending topics discussion. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. now into sports news. Charles Barkley recently was on the first take. Him and Stephen A went head to head for a straight half hour. They didn't even have commercials on first take when Charles Barkley pulled up there. And that's kind of crazy too, to have, you know, when I pull up, no commercials. Shouts to Charles Barkley. But the conversation came up that Charles Barkley said, if you're making 70 million plus a year, or you're making all this money, you lose your right to complain. Now, this conversation, the backstory is load management is becoming a big conversation in sports about how players are sitting out certain games for their health. That's what load management is supposed to mean. And then now the fan aspect of, well, a fan could come and have wanted to see you play, and that's the only game they got to come to. They spent all their money, and the player's not playing. Well, Charles Barkley, I want to simplify the conversation to what Charles Barkley said, where he basically said, if you're making a certain level of money, you lose the right to complain. I'm curious your guys' thoughts on that. Like, if you're making... He's right. <laughs> <laughs> I personally think any job that they're paying you money for that you signed a contract to do, <laughs> it's, it's no matter what, you know, how much it is, you should be doing the best job possible. And you know what? It's funny you say that, Snook, because Dan Lebertard had mentioned on his show about how the younger generation have a different re relationship with work. See, your relationship with work is that if somebody's paying me, I'm going to do the best that I can. I think that that's not necessarily the case anymore, <laughs> <laughs> per se, because it's bringing to the discussion of, you know, Charles Barkley was saying that we're not working at in a mill or working a hard labor job. He didn't say hard labor, but he said, we're basically, we're working these jobs, but they're paying us X amount of money. He says 70 million. He said, you can't play basketball for three or four days out of the week if yep. you're getting paid up to $70 million. I would just like to bring this back around <laughs> to the WNBA uh -oh. because y'all can't play a season and you don't go overseas. 
You don't go overseas. You can't play a whole season and you don't go overseas. So your season eventually ends. You eventually get your rest or supposed to be getting your rest. Some people recovering and doing all that stuff and getting in the gym and getting bigger. You try to tell me you can't last a season for $70 million? A season. <laughs> and how long is the NBA season? 82 games. I'm glad you brought that up. 82 games. Steve Kerr said maybe make it 72 games. If that's what you got to do, hey. take some of the games out of there. Hey. I just don't understand how... See, and this is where it gets me because they say the girls shouldn't complain because they got to go overseas to make their money and da, da, da. So you're paying them money to stay here in their season and they still can't play? I don't I don't get it. What it's are you talking a, it's about? It's a great debate. And I would like to say that Michael Jordan actually said this 20 years ago. 20 years ago, he made a statement and said, in 20 years, people will not play an entire season. He made the statement. He said it. He said this was going to happen because of the way that the management and that the players were going. That was where they were heading back then. And this man played almost half dead, probably had to get IV to carry him to the back. And he still played a whole season because he knew people packed those stands to see him play. So I don't understand how they can't play a, a whole season. I'm baffled. They're a little softer now. We have to look at it. They're a little softer now than they were back in the day. <laughs> I, I think it's something that we will never understand, though. I, I, I don't know. I'm on the other side of it a little bit. I think that you do have a right to complain, even if you are making. I mean, I think they said the average salary in the NBA is $10 million, yep. right? And while I understand that that is a lot of money, you know, compared to any, a lot of other professions, I, I, I don't know what it's like to be a professional athlete. I mean, Renee does. And I mean, Renee, <laughs> so I mean, Renee can probably attest to that. Yeah, it, there are days where you definitely don't feel like doing this or doing that or getting up. And, and I don't know if maybe a $70 million, you know, salary would change Push that. On but, the back. I mean, but but we will never understand that. I mean, there are things that could probably affect them that they're like, man, you know, all money ain't good money. So let, let me my, my, okay. my health, it, it, you know, comes first. I got you. I feel you. You're right. You get you you got a right to complain. Then you know what you should do? You should go ahead and let the fans know that they're not playing so that they don't spend their money on a ticket cuz that's just like you go into a fast food restaurant or you go into a nice expensive restaurant. A chicken place and they don't have chicken. No, no, no. That's not even a chicken place. You go to an expensive restaurant and there's a chef there who is known for making this exquisite meal and you're going to pay top dollar for a steak that is cooked by this chef in this restaurant. That's what he's known for. It's the only reason why you go. And they have the sous chef back there trying to do the best he can. <laughs> and you're going to pay $200 for a steak or for food that is not prepared by someone that you are walking into their establishment. They are guaranteed that that person's cooking the food. You're not going to get that meal. So when that meal is not to your satisfaction, you can't complain. That's what you basically say because, oh, the chef was like, I'm not, you know, let the people know. All I'm saying is you can't well, expect people to Well, they do let them pack. know, but it's yeah, only like 24 say, yeah, they, they hours do before announce the game. It, yeah. So you've already okay, bought so, your ticket by then. But then no, see, load management, problem with that, but see load management should mean if you know during this time of the year, right before the playoffs, right before March Madness, all this craziness going on, you need to schedule this. Oh, so you want a full out... Plan. Yes. That's interesting. You want them to plan ahead their load management schedule in case if somebody wants to buy a ticket next week. You got to be like, LeBron's going to be out on Tuesday next week. Don't get you. We know that sometimes <laughs> before. We know that before on the injury schedule. I don't know if I've ever heard that. And listen, Kobe Bryant in 2019 talked about this and he said, you've got a lot of people 
paying their hard-earned money to watch you perform. It's your job to be in shape. It's your job to perform at that level every single night. As a competitor, I'm not ducking nothing. And Anthony Edwards has a quote that's similar to Kobe's. He plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves. All these guys sitting, resting, just play, man. I don't like all the sitting, missing games and stuff. These people might have enough money to come to one game all season, and that might be the game they come to and you're sitting out. Serena said it. I've been a a pro athlete for 11 years. And so the WNBA now has 40 games in their WNBA season, 20 home, 20 away. And then overseas, I would venture to say that we at least play another extra 30 to 40 games, making it almost equivalent to an NBA season per se altogether. Ours is just split up into WNBA and overseas. I didn't miss one game at UConn. The whole time I was at UConn, I didn't miss any games. I started every single game of my career at UConn. And then when I was in the pros, I got injured one time. I still knock on wood whenever I talk about injuries because it's not, injuries is nothing but a blessing. So let me first start by saying, if you're injured, of course you have to sit out. We're acknowledging yeah, the we're fact not talking that, about those people. of yeah, course, no. if you're injured and can't play, you can't play. Because at one point in time, I tore three ligaments in my ankle. I literally could not play. But to the point of what Kobe was talking about, I probably came back too soon from my ankle injury because I was playing with a full-on cast on my ankle. I had, when I go back and look at the footage of when I was playing at that time, my limp was so distinct that it looked like a joke. It almost looked like I was playing around because I was limping so bad. So I think that if I was a professional athlete at this time during this conversation, I would be under the mindset of I'm a play because I'm always on the court. I'm Jamal Crawford-esque in a sense of I just want to play. I just want to who. But I also understand, too, that the players aren't the ones making the decision to sit out. So I think that's a part that's getting lost in the conversation. I'm finding out that the trainers are the ones that tell the players you have to sit out this game or that game. But if it were me and it's not me, but I'm saying if it were me right now and making that level of money, I don't even think changes my mindset. That's another thing. We kind of get caught up in the money of, oh, you're getting paid $70 million a year. I wasn't getting paid that. Shoot, I was making 100000 a year, and I felt obligated to still play as many games as I could. So I And don't that's think- what Charles Barkley said, too. He said when he came into the league, the average salary was 200000 And they were like, like what you said, like, like play or die. It was no, no other alternative. They played no matter what. So maybe it's a question, is the more money kind of spoiling people a little bit? Maybe, no, maybe. it's not the money. <laughs> if she's saying that the management is the one making decisions, the management should have enough respect. They know when they're going to sit people out. They know what games they want certain people in. They know what games they're, they're going to let go. It's a strategy. They're not just deciding unless the person is hurt. And right. they're like, okay, well, they're kind of shaky. Let's keep them out because we need them for the next game. I understand if they're injured and they're like, okay, let's rest them this game because, and they have injury. They're already flagged as having an injury. You make a good point, Yeah, but, but like Renee was saying that when they got paid less, she was like, well, I'm still going to play. So I'm saying now that players are getting paid more, are they being more empowered maybe yeah, to say so no because they I'm have more say. money? I'm going to connect both of you guys because somebody I saw on the internet said that this sounds like a problem for Adam Silver. And I thought that was interesting. But then when you start to unravel it, that the trainers are the ones making the decision and that Adam Silver has also put an emphasis on player health because there were a lot of different injuries and different things of that nature. The question starts to become, well, maybe did we take it a little bit too far for player health? And then also to Cole's point, 
It is kind of interesting because Clay Thompson, who is now starting to play incredible, I'm so happy for him. I'm cheering for this guy. He had back-to-back tough, tough, tough injuries, and he just was always seemed like he was trying to get back to that guy he was before the injuries. He recently started playing in back-to-back games and different things of that nature. And so when you think about it, it almost is playing. Paul George is another one that he's on a menace restriction because of his injuries. Well, I think you could assume that you can announce a month from now that if we know a player is recently coming back from injuries, he's not going to be on that back-to-back. We know that. I know that any player coming back from a very tough, long injury, especially an Achilles injury, we can almost assume that for at least half of the season, he's not going to play in back-to-back games. So you probably could get ahead of some of those news on the obvious ones. We know that everybody's not obvious. There are some day-to-day ones and different things of that nature. But I do think that content creators create content calendars and people create schedules and coaches create schedules. Trainers create schedules too on journeys to get back healthy, minutes restrictions. They don't just make those numbers up. There is a method. And so maybe sharing that information ahead of time. Now, I don't know how that does for the competitive edge. If a team knows they don't have to plan for that player or not. They already know. Listen, I'm just saying, but I do understand that Maybe there's a meet in the middle because right now load management is being talked about more and more. It's happening more and more. It's being talked about more and more. So with the CBA coming up, bigger contracts coming up, you got to remember a new CBA agreement, new TV deals, more money. What's going to happen when players start making even more money? The All-Star game, we already see what's happening. Nobody wants to be involved because what does it do for you, honestly? Or I don't know if that's why the players aren't interested, but... The more money players are making, I don't think it's going to resolve the problem. So I'm sorry. The only thing and last thing I'm going to say is the part that's actually an upsetting part of it is not the fact that the player is not playing. It's the fact that the player's not playing. And then you see him jumping up and down on the sideline, cheering on their team. (laughs) So you know they're not injured because they run up and down the sidelines. And they do. It's kind of like when your kids stay homesick. It's like, I better not see you having no kind of fun. Thank you. No video games. It's saying thank you. No. Yes. No. This ain't no Ferris Bueller's day off. Them players are probably (laughs) great to run and jump, but sliding, cutting, guarding the fast this human no we're not talking about the ones that no we're talking about the ones that are literally we know that they're just resting it's not an injury type thing (laughs) we know that they're resting and when they say (laughs) oh he's not playing tonight and he's got on a fly suit hat and then as soon as somebody dunks it as soon as somebody dunks it you see them up and down and jumping up and smacking each other head or yo and run up and, I mean come on at least act like I would just please act like you you hurt I, at this point I would just prefer me, me you just some to crutches sit there and act like you you can't do Fake that no, I didn't pay my Cole. money so Cole said look if you want load management you better act like the part because I don't want to go to the game and you not playing <laughs> and I see you doing all the things I wanted to see you doing on the court on the court <laughs> Well, there's that on that on low management to be continued because this is a topic that's being discussed at every turn in the NBA. trending topics for this week we'll be back next week to see what's hot what's not what's going on but stay tuned because i have a quick preview of my conversation with darius slay aka big play slay
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So first of all, my guy, you know I've been talking to you all season long. Shouting out to Big Plays. Your name online is Big Play Slay for a reason. You back that up. So first of all, congrats on an amazing season. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so listen, I've made it to the WNBA Finals in, in 2016, and we came up short. So I know what it's like to get all the way to that big game and then not get the actual cup. So I'm just curious, like, what have these past few weeks been like for you? They've been rough, man, you know, just because – of course, I wanted to be a you know Super Bowl champ, but uh, I was just thankful to be in that moment, man. My first time ever experiencing it. It was fun. Enjoyed it. My family enjoyed it. The only reason after the loss, because my family was there, I was all right with it, you know, because uh, my kids got to see something they never saw before. You know, Riri was out there, you know what I'm saying? So everybody got to see Riri for the first time. So uh, Did y'all watch it? Heck no, nah, man. Uh, the wife and the kids, them all did, but uh, they had a good time seeing it, you know, seeing her first time performing in so long. So, uh you know, seeing them, they kind of like, man, dad, it was fun out there. So I'm like, dang, at least I feel good about something. But that loss was, no, I ain't like that loss. I'm curious, though, because it's funny because, like, at halftime, we're the same. Like, when people are performing at halftime, we got to go into the locker room. So was that a conversation with y'all, like, or was it like everybody was like, because I could see, this is Rihanna we're talking about. Really, yeah. right? Come on now. They got a little, we asked Coach, Coach like, come on now, I know y'all can't do that. But we know we, was, we, knew we couldn't <laughs> that for real, but we just like, all right, we'll go throw it out there, though. You know, just to check the waters. Just to check it, now. Just to check it. <laughs> we got to talk about how we met. First of all, it's crazy. Like when people like talk about how sports athletes, even entertainers, like it's like when we really link up, we can all tell we do the same thing because it's like it was vibes right away, right? Uh, off the jump, I said. Sometimes for the whole time we said at the game, just chopping, don't even know. <laughs> yeah. So listen, we pulled up to it was 2019. The Hawks were playing the Spurs. And the reason I remember all these details, Slay, is because that's the night I met my now wife, which is really wild, by the way. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes, literally. So it's me, you, Angel McCautry. We all sitting courtside. Your mom's was there because I took a photo with your mom. And we sitting courtside watching the game, chopping it up. I just so happened to be sitting there. And like, how did that even happen? It was crazy because I was just sitting down. So I was sitting down and, um, my mom like a little nice. She she know a little bit of basketball, but cause she wanted to come to the game. So then she like, you know, you sitting by WNBA player. I was like, who? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know you were sitting next to it. Then you know, look. I said, I think I do know her. I'm like, <laughs> so talk just peeping. Next thing you know, we made a little combo. Then like, then you know, you kind of like said your name. I was like, oh yeah, that's her. <laughs> Super fan. I'm like, yeah, that's her. Okay, she cool people. And I felt the vibe though, cause how you came up dressed too. You got like a little basketball fit on. Yeah. Like, we had a little something on. It's crazy because my guy, Rudy Gay, was playing for the Spurs at the time. He went to UConn with me. And so I was going to tell you that you didn't know this next part. I gave your mom a hug, said goodbye. Then I turned to Angel McCautry and was like, yo, what's crazy is I think I just saw my wife. And Angel McCautry was like, this is real talk, Darius. Angel McCautry was like, 
you lying. Calm down. And I'm like, not for real. So Serena, she had sung at the Hawks game earlier, the national anthem, and she was standing over around the way. So after I dapped you up and said later, I went to go talk to her and we are now married three years <laughs> out of this thing. Oh, you said you would go got it. Love her. <laughs> Walk straight up to her. So you're like a part of my forever memory of like, I was rolling with you the night I met my wife, which is kind of crazy. That's wild. <laughs> I mean, hey, you braver than me. You walk straight up into it. That's why does everybody say that? You don't be walking straight. Well, you married now. Shouts to Jennifer. Uh, you married. But before you were married, you wasn't just walking up to folk. <laughs> what? That take a lot of courage. That man. Mm-mm. So what was you doing? What's the approach? I don't get it. Come on. The coach is you see him in person. Uh-huh. Look at it. You know you're going to find an IG. You're going to know it. Go find somebody that know it. Get the IG. Wow. That's the move? Yeah, the keyboard. The keyboard. And then now the Twitter fingers and the keyboard. Now you're typing in the DMs and started with a DM. Now, is that how you met Jennifer? Yeah, that's how we met. Uh-huh. You lying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where did you see her? We saw a little chiller everywhere a little bit. You know, definitely on social media a lot, too. But, what? you know, finally we ran into each other. I'm like. Yeah, yeah. Just how you feel like, yeah, that's mine. I'm like, yeah, that's mine too. You knew it off rip. Let me go. Let me get this. <laughs> let me slide in right now. <laughs> and you married now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, man. my God. You said you gone and got that then. <laughs> Dang. All right. So listen, you got your own podcast, Big Play Podcast. What's that like? What you talk about on the pile? What y'all got going on? I talk about the game, give them game, give them live game feed and stuff, how I felt about the game. I'll do it. I literally do it right after I play. Oh, for real? Yeah, so it'll be right after, like... Fresh. Fresh. I'm talking about I got the adrenaline still going from a win or a loss. But uh, that's during the season, though. But uh, now I'm going to just probably talk about other sports now that I'm out. And so. are you real? Like, you know how, like, on the podcast, like, you know, like, are you keeping it real on something that happened on the field? Or are you keeping it PC? Because I, I figured you were. That's why I was well, asking. I'm keeping 1,000 out there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm keeping it real. You know, I had this... I had this you no, know, I'm glad I got some great editors, man, because I've been really going in too much. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that, man. I can't. I got fans down there. But I know when I'm done and retired. Oh, yeah, I'm letting it ride. What's the fans talking about? Like, have you ever gotten, like, has your coaches or anybody had to be like, yo, yo, chill a little bit on that? Like, or- no, nah, that's what I'm trying to do. That's why I be having them good editors, man, because they be like, I like, yeah, my coaching like me. I said that. Like, take that out. <laughs> well, listen, you had an amazing year. I tell you all the time. Big play slay. They don't call you big play slay for nothing, man. Thank you for joining me here on Montgomery & Co. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And before I let y'all go, I wanted to talk about name, image, and likeness right click because Miami women's basketball has been placed on a one-year probation for violations in the recruitment of Haley and Hannah Cavender. Now, the NCAA found that head coach Katie Meyer facilitated impermissible contact between a booster and the players. This is big, y'all. This is the first big ruling in name, image, and likeness when it comes to college sports. I'm telling you right now, keep an eye on that. They're trying to set the tone. Also, be sure to tap in tomorrow where I have a conversation with Big Play Slay, number one defense in the NFL. You know the man. You know the vibes. I'll catch y'all next week where it's a generational thing. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.